Hey everybody, so we know that we get pretty high during this show, so we invite you guys to join us and get on our level where legally possible, of course. <laughs> Do you want any more? High <laughs> tolerance. I'm Sarah. I'm Trin. And you're listening to High Tolerance, a show where we'll be reviewing different strains of weed and finding the best ones to help you cope with all of life's worries and bullshit. So the way it's going to work is we're going to be smoking a different strain of weed each episode, and it's going to be related to our topic. And we're also always going to have a new guest every week, and we're really excited for this guest this week. Hailing from the Portland drag scene, it's Miss Sweetheart 31 of Portland Sativa Goddamn Jones, who's also a huge activist in the community. Hi, and so am I. <laughs> well, I will be here shortly. <laughs> so you're a dractivist. A dractivist. I love that word. I love that term. But yeah, you can call me that. I love it. So like, how, how long have you... Well, first of all, your name is Sativa Goddamn Jones, but we'll get into that after. So you clearly have been smoking for a while. Yes. Um, I mean, I I wasn't one of those ones who was like, you know, I started smoking weed in middle school. I waited a little bit. <laughs> I had some fun with some other substances that, you know, we won't talk about, allegedly. But um, weed uh, wound up actually being a huge thing that impacted and saved my life from different substances. And so I am a huge advocate for marijuana. I love hearing that because weed has saved me from many things too and poor decision making. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. <laughs> See, weed saves lives. Uh, <laughs> so today we're really excited about the strain that we're smoking because it is just so apropos for this episode and for our guests. We are smoking Rainbow Dream. So Rainbow Dream is a hybrid, it's a sativa dominant, and it's a hybrid of Rainbow and Blue Dream. So there's not really much reviews out there on this one, um, so we'll kind of just be giving it a review. We don't even really know that much about its taste, but I know that either way we're leaning sativa dominant. I love it when I get to be Dom. <laughs> which, yeah, I was going to say, which also sounds like another name. Yeah. It's like the after hours name of Sativa Goddamn Joe. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of all be figuring this all out together today. So, yeah. Like, I, I don't know about the effects because usually we know like, oh, you know, it's kind of sleepy or energetic or... But we'll find out. But we'll find out. So I'm going to I'm gonna spark this lovely Ooh. bad boy. Before you started, I do have one little ritual that I do with the greens. Mm-hmm. Um, for y'all listening along at home, you can do this with yourself. But um, I have this thing that I learned from a dear friend where anytime you take greens or spark up a joint, you just say out loud one thing that you are blessed for. Oh, okay. I love that. I also love sharing the wealth. You know, Bernie Sanders, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Where, um, too... Uh, we also have three joints here, so we could each, you know, <laughs> we could each all have our blessings as we work through them, Everybody, too. That's true. Everyone can have a blessing as we work through it. Everybody does have a blessing, and that's the tea. I, that's true. I gotta say, I, I, I feel blessed, no joke, to have everyone here today in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, no, recording this, because this is so much fun. I love doing this, and it's like the highlight of my week when we get to record an episode, and it's 100%. so exciting to have mm-hmm. you here, like, really and truly, and to talk to you about this, especially because, like, Trin really loves drag and has brought me into this world, which is funny because I was obsessed with Birdcage my whole life, but, like, it took me until now. <laughs> 
So that's how I, I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for all of this. <laughs> Amen. Here's to it, sis. All right, so I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to spark this. What does it taste like? You know, it tastes piney. Tastes like a forest a little bit. <laughs> but also it's got like a little... Musky and earthy and maybe it sounds like, like a candle. Ma- musky, <laughs> yeah. musky and deep. That sounds like a good first date. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of right. I um I definitely get a little bit of that kind of like it almost kind of like for if you're a beer drinker at home, it's kind of like that aftertaste you have with like an IPA, where it's like that kind of like. Musky pine. A hundred percent, yeah. It's but, like musky pine. <laughs> but it's very, like, soft and not quite as, like, bitter. No. Yeah. It's, like, definitely, like, palatable, if you mm-hmm. want to call it. Like a saison. <laughs> nice, Trud. Yeah, like a saison. <laughs> making shit up. <laughs> Keep doing it. It works. Do you guys like the taste, though? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very mild, actually. Yeah. It's mild, but like, so Like, I question if it's burning, pine. but it is. So, no, here. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> I wonder how it's going to hit. Do you feel anything yet? I feel like... No. Oh, yeah, I feel like I can keep smoking. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> this one feels like it'll creep on you later. I'm, I'm cool with something that creeps up on you, as long as it's in a good way and consensual. <laughs> 100%. Keep it consensual. Anyway, today we are talking about high visibility. And... What does that mean? How did you come up with the name Sativa Goddamn Oh, gosh. Jones? The name Sativa Goddamn Jones. Well, I mean, it's just so fitting, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I predominantly smoke sativas. That's why. Um, anybody who's ever had to have a prolonged conversation with me or has ever seen me perform has probably said goddamn. <laughs> and um, the last name Jones uh, actually comes from, like, a little weed tradition with me and my friends um, back in, like, Long Beach where it was, like, if you were the last one to, like, smoke, like, the, like, ass end of a bowl or, like, kill the roach, you'd be, like, Roach Killer Jones. And, um, I'm, like, waste not, want not, and I will smoke it down to the ash. That is an so, amazing story. So, you That's know, awesome. Sativa Goddamn Jones. That's how Sativa it all came Goddamn to be. Sativa Jones. Yes. Wait. Miss Sweetheart 31, Sativa Goddamn Jones. Yes. Miss Sweetheart 31. Miss yeah. Sweetheart 31. Portland's premier crossfade and crossdresser for charity. But how did you get into drag? So, I've always had, like, a big fan of, like, fan and passion of drag. Um, what's actually really cute is I started watching Drag Race with my mom when it first came out in, like, 2009, I want to say, was when the first season came out. And at the time, I wound up going to this uh, organization here in Portland called Smirk, which is a sexual and gender minorities youth resource center here. And um, I actually met... Um, my, like, good, good friend Vanessa, who uh, is also a drag performer in our community, who goes by Onyx and Valentine. Mm-hmm. And so when I was, like, 16, 17, I met Onyx, and they were um, performing and drag, and I was just, like, fascinated. It took me a long time to get the, like, guts and gumption and figure out, like, where I fit into that, but I've been a fan for a long, long time and a big supporter. But it wasn't really until the 2016 election where I had just so much like sorry I'm gonna yeah oh god yeah please that was an emotional time yeah I'm gonna puff puff pass to that yeah that was god what an awful time yeah where 
I mean, like, growing up in Portland and being a part, like, being on the West Coast, um, clearly, like, the Trump, like, election was really, really hard and heavy-hitting, especially for um, the queer community and especially communities of color. And there was just a lot of, like, anxiety and angst and just, like, a shock. And I just remember feeling like, what can I do? What can I do? Like you know, the the policies of this administration literally are going to attack me and my friends and my loved ones and, like, really going to try and come for us and destroy all of this, like, work we've had to just basically be able to live and survive, really. And I, at that point, I kind of, like, kept thinking of, like, Sativa, you know, like, a grassroots element, if you will. I, like, I also thought of, like, the legalization of marijuana. It's a group of communities that have come together and said, like, fuck you, federal government. Like, you're not going to, like, control us and that we can, like, affect change in our own communities and take care and that will trickle up and, like, expand out. We can be that ripple in the pond. And we can lift everybody up with us. And so Sativa has, like, another kind of... Political pun in there. Mm. I really thought that if I could use drag, and with drag, you wind up like building like a platform. You have like those moments when you're performing where you have an opportunity to speak to people and you have that platform. So if you have that like person's time and attention, like what do you really want to say? And if you're going to be continuing like doing this and performing like often, like do you want to just be somebody who like does it just to, like, collect the coins and, like, lip sync, look pretty, and, like, leave? Or do you want to have something, like, more that really can leave the people who are in the audience better? And so I went in with um, the idea and the notion that I would predominantly use drag as a way to get my voice out there or to give voice to um, other people, be an ally, and use drag as an opportunity to raise money um, the first show I did was President's Day at um, Curious Comedy here in Portland. <laughs> my wonderful friend Gwen put it on, and it's called the Not My President's Day show, and that was where Sativa made her debut, was at this comedy drag event that said, fuck you to Trump, and um, all of the proceeds went back to Planned Parenthood, and that first performance um, on that stage, that show wound up selling out and raising over $3,600 for what? Planned Parenthood. That's amazing. That is amazing. So that that was kind of like the roots and the starts of everything that like helped me get into drag and um, kind of the like motives behind me being here and putting myself out here. Plus, it's a lot of fun. If you can have fun and say express yourself, yeah, it's amazing. It's having people. It's, it's having people to listen to what you care about. Yeah, you know the things you care about and making them care about it too, because they're issues that affect everyone. You know what I mean? So I think it's really, I think it's really interesting and really cool that you took something where you said like you have someone's time and attention, and you use this megaphone to voice something much greater have someone take something like more real away from it which is really cool and make an impact but it's cool that you're doing it to like crowds of people you know 
There's only so much you can do as one person, so yeah, and to be heard, and that's um, that's incredibly true. I also do want to point out this here and just get this like cleared up right away that I also want to acknowledge that I have the privilege and opportunity to do so, um, just like as like a white cis like male bodied person, I have a lot of privilege and opportunity that has at times allowed my voice to be heard more so than other communities and I also had like another job too that was able to pay like my bills and take care of my family and so a lot of the money that I was making with drag could go back to different charities and I just want to acknowledge that like while this is really great and um I just want to also always humble myself and um bring up that privilege is a huge aspect that we need to like look into when we like look at activism too like we I'm super proud of the accomplishments that I've like that I've been able to do but there's also so many different people who haven't had the privileges and opportunities that are out there and being strong voices in our community and uh, doing that work as well so just a shout out to um, especially all of the like people who are like people of color and like trans advocates and really out there like advocating to sometimes their voices aren't like heard nearly as loud as mine so i just want to give that moment and that respect to everybody who's out here and doing things for their community we were just talking about like intersectionality and how it's sort of it's focused on in like you know women's rights mostly Mm -hmm. and so it's hard i mean yeah like it's hard to compare your one person's struggle with other people's struggles right and so it doesn't help us if we're focused only on our own problems as a yeah. group you know mm-hmm. so it's like amazing when like i meet people who like you're not just an activist for your own community you're watching yeah the rest your eyes are open yeah. to like all the other things that are going on around you yeah. it's so true it's so easy to hone in on your struggle on yeah. your personal struggle and forget that there's a world around you going on that other people are struggling in so many ways. And especially in today's climate, we're like, holy shit, the amount of struggles we have. Yeah, there's like definitely layers even... of privilege, you know, or yeah. le- levels or whatever you want to call it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like super, super cool. Like, because, you it know, very, as like, an cool Asian first generation, like my parents are, are immigrants. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel my privilege, too. I can, you know, blend in in most places. I'm not threatening. (laughs) I will say perceived as threatening. Yes. Uh, Watch out, guys. But, like, I didn't have... And I felt like... I feel like I worked hard, too, to figure my shit out because my parents were never there physically because they worked, I guess. But I know how much worse other people have it. So I just feel like my problems are so small. And uh, recently, especially moving to Portland, yeah, I haven't yeah. had to think about it as much as I do now. You know, it's funny because I've talked about this so many times too. Like having the, the, the luck and the privilege to be able to move so much has continued broadening my perspective, changing it and shifting it in so many different ways. I have been lucky to live in different places that have done that. And every time I move... 
I <laughs> now I got confused with what I was saying. That um, uh, no, weed's good, though. Yeah, yeah weed is good, y'all. That weed is good. Moving around and struggling. <laughs> yeah, but I see all the kinds. Yes, thank you. Back, back, bring it back. All the different types of struggles that are going on in different parts of the country and different parts of the world, and like how my struggles. All the things that I thought were my hell growing up that were so awful that I was like, God, my life sucks and my family's so fucked up and everyone's so crazy. I'm like, so that's nothing like compared to someone else. Like, that, there, there are times where I'm just like, white people are lucky that they don't have to think about things <laughs> that, you know, problems in the country compared to like a black person would. They, they can't even avoid it if they wanted to. They have to think about it every day. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no shutting it off. Yeah, there's no off. Privilege exists. If you have privilege, understand where it comes from and understand that it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It yeah. means that some aspects of life, just you don't have as many little weights held down, held on to you that you have to carry around and experience. With, but if you have privilege too... You have an opportunity to use that privilege for good and be able to make those connections and put things out there. Um, I will say a beautiful moment this year as Miss Sweetheart that um, my organization was able to put together was a um, on Trans Day of Remembrance in November. We were able to um, find a venue and put on a show hosted by um, trans performers and people on, like trans and non-binary performers in our community and feature all of them and use that event to raise money for a, like Transactive, a local um, organization here too. And just being able to use your privileges just to provide space yeah, for others yeah. is so like, so just an easy thing that you could do or be like, be supportive and find ways to use your privilege to provide a platform for those voices to be heard is really important and a really positive use. Uh, to like bring it back to, to another thing that uh, you said, which was um, when all of these things are kind of like happening and we we're thinking about how these, how different demographics of people are going to be affected and we care, we care about this and you get frustrated where it's like, well, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Like it's what, overwhelming. what can I do? And like, it gets overwhelming and you know, at some point, if you feel like you have no control, you just become apathetic. And then that's how like it perpetuates. It yeah, perpetuates. Um, and so for me, and I'll just advocate this to anybody listening, for me, I had a creative outlet with drag that I really found and come, like, came together. And in a lot of ways, drag has improved my life and shown me one little voice. I've been able to raise over, like, $12,000 is, like, the total right now. We're, like, still adding more into that with a couple of other shows that are going on before I'll step down um, in this year alone. I'm not a rich person. I'm a poor drag queen. You know, I work like a day job. I live like paycheck to paycheck. And actually, not, not anymore. I am only doing drag right now. So, which is kind of a scary jump. But um, the support of the community, all of that money and everything has shown up from people caring and being able to like show up 
and find opportunities to support one another. And so, hey, for me, it might have been drag, but for you listening at home, it could be something that you're creative about. And it's just finding a way to get that voice and your expression heard and people connecting to it. Really, it's about getting your communities together and your communities caring about one another. And, like, that is where you can realistically affect the most change. I think that that's that's super true. And I think that's kind of where high tolerance even came from a place of. We've gone through a lot of shit, both of us, independent of each other. And as a team. uh, And as a team, too. um, And we've seen each other go through a lot of things as well. You know, it's just all the bullshit that we have to deal with. And then we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to share. Um, but we wanted and we and we realize there's like a because there's a stigma about it in society that, you know, about sharing your feelings and being weak and vulnerable, I think less so now, but um, very much so growing up. And uh, people, I guess, in our generation, I feel like they even still I mean, to a degree, like guard themselves. And so talking about your feelings and issues and things and things that are important to you. That's kind of where it all came from, but it's hard. So we get high to do it, <laughs> but you know, but it's, but I think it's, we try to do it through our job. Yeah. Like, we would like do pro bono campaigns for causes that we liked, um, like gun control. Well, Teaching we about women in history. We try to do one for the missing kids. Yeah, for the kids at the border, for the border crisis. Yeah, That's a so whole our platform story, was what we do for a living, and we—it's hard to rely on your work to give you those out, like opportunities. And you're right; it's like, which one do you choose? Which one do you focus on? You know, like both of us, we have feelings and opinions about the world. <laughs> Probably too many. No one asks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is sort of we this is how a high tolerance started yeah because sarah and i are just so different and you know we're watching the world too and, yeah yeah and, and we thought it was cool too because it's it's giving the floor to you to our guests to whoever to talk about the shit they're dealing with the shit they want to share like whatever they want to tell us whatever they want to tell whoever's listening i'm like the world <laughs> sure the world i wish i you know right <laughs> Hey, you never know. Hey, all fucking Once again, I bought one green wig and it all started from there. Wow. So, yeah. you That's, know. Yeah. I asked for one microphone. Radical change comes from, like, humble dreams, so. It's true. Well, so I want to ask, because this is so cool um, that you are involved in um, Rainbow Railroad, and that's helping people, that's giving people an opportunity. I um, used my birthday show this year to um, raise money and awareness in Portland for Rainbow Railroad, Um, and I am just such a huge fan and advocate for, like, their organization. Um, If you do not know, please go and look at rainbowrailroad.org. They are a group out of... believe they originated in Canada and I know that they now have a branch in the US I believe in New York City and what they do is they provide all of the pay all of the legal fees and provide all of the legal resources as well as any travel expenses to provide asylum for LGBTQ plus refugees from countries where it's still illegal to be gay I, like, I'm a little bit stoned, and so, like, y'all can fact-check me on the internet or something, but I want to say I believe it's, like, 62 countries where it's... it's pretty insane. In the world. 62, where it's still illegal 
to be gay. And I want to say it's like nine or something around then. Once again, like high, like high estimation guesstimates. Um, but um, it's still like nine countries in the world where they can put you to death. They execute you for being queer. Nine countries in the world. Nine. And even as recently as two years ago in Chechnya, they were the government there was literally using like police force to track down gay men and like lock them away in these like straight up concentration camps where they were torturing them and killing them two two years ago was 2018 yeah this and that's still happening in in 2018 there's still places in the world where they're putting people like putting queer people in concentration camps and even as like horrifying as that is too we just need to address violence against queer people in general because even in our country black trans women are being murdered at such an alarming rate that it's unacceptable and we can't continue to look the other way we have to find ways to get this to stop unfortunately why do why do we only talk about it after they're gone that's the yeah. that's the worst part. It's not even like they're, after they're gone, after like twenty, thirty more you know, yeah. It's even in Portland we live in a very like progressive and nice place and that's generally fairly queer friendly, but even yeah. then, um I had two friends over the summer of twenty nineteen who were victim of a transphobic attack and they were assaulted downtown by oh like God. a group of men. So, and the year before that, during Pride, I had um, my other friend who um, is, like, a fellow drag queen in our city, uh, Flawless Shade. She wasn't in drag, but um, her and my other friend were um, a victim of a gay bashing. Like, there's so much violence that goes on against queer people, just in general, and, you know the root cause of it like why is there this violence against you know against queer people why like why is there especially like trans in in our own country and in our own neighborhoods and communities and like there there were gay bashings here in like portland there's like there's discrimination that happens in our own backyard and what are we going to do for our communities here what are we going to do to protect black trans women really it's it's on all of us to figure out how we are going to create an environment that's going to be safe. While we ponder that, um, there's another joint to be lit. Trin, will you start us off and we're going to just ask you one thing that you're blessed for, love. Banana pudding. <laughs> that's a great one. That's also random as shit. Banana pudding, I just want to say. Okay. What's that place called? Magnolias. Oh god, that's so good. The mag- magnolias. Banana pudding. Yeah. <laughs> you keep saying banana pudding really fast. You're like banana, banana pudding. pudding. <laughs> New drag name right there. Banana yeah, pudding. banana pudding. That would be Trin's drag name. Is that like racist though? The banana? No, just kidding. <laughs> what? Is it not like- <laughs> Oh, I don't know why it's not coming from you for some reason. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, how would that be racist? I'm just talking banana shit. Pudding. I'm wondering. Wait, no, a regular banana. A regular banana. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's ra- what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's racist. So banana I pudding. Think, yeah, I think that's the same as a Twinkie. Is it the same as a Twinkie? Yeah. Do you know these? Yeah. Banana pudding. Yeah, pudding. on the outside, white on the inside. The Asian. 
No. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a Twinkie. Or I guess or a banana. A banana. But a Twinkie's better. It's more clear. Because <laughs> <laughs> a banana is the same color. It's just a shade Not lighter. <laughs> so this is how Trin and I talk to each other. Wait, I, oh yeah, we're talking about banana pudding. <laughs> Which is Trin's new drag name. Yes. And apparently not racist, so that's good. Um, wait, let's do a check-in. Okay. How is everybody feeling with Rainbow Dream right now? <laughs> I mean, as you can tell, we're feeling it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm very smiley. Like, even though we were talking about, like, some serious shit, though, like... I'm still, like, in a good mood. My, like, cheeks are a little bit, like... Yeah, I feel like they're frozen. Yeah, I feel like I like, keep smiling as well. <laughs> and I know I am laughing a lot, but it's not all funny. But I like it. And I do feel, like, ener- energy. Like, oh, I don't yeah. feel, like, sleepy no, at, all. at all. No. Yeah. But it's kind of a fun one. Like, I, I feel like I would have a beer with this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel my scalp a little. I feel my cheeks a lot. Like yeah. cheek, like cheeks, and like kind of like right through like the temples. Like, yeah, just a little like a little like warm fuzzies. Oh yeah, I totally feel warm on my face. But I feel I feel like cotton candy high. I don't know what that means, but I feel like I'm just kind of like floating on cotton candy. Mm. <laughs> it feels nice. It's like after you say that, then I like can imagine it. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm not sure how I feel. Yeah. Mm. Well. It's nice, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But and we have no idea where we were. <laughs> no, banana hammock. <laughs> if banana I've learned hammock. anything, if you ever need to change the conversation, you just say banana hammock, uh, and it like yeah. it's like a little mind eraser. It's kind of like that thing in like Men in Black where they go like, and yeah. like they flash you, and you're like, what? <laughs> It's what that effectively does to any conversation. That's kind of awesome. Oh, that's true, because I'm like, what? And then I, like, I'm thinking of banana hammer. Hammock. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, hammer. I, like, thought of a banana hammock immediately. Yeah, banana hammer sounds... I don't know what that sounds More like. <laughs> I'm like, this is, like, the strain to, like, smoke and, like, go, like, grocery shopping on. I really feel that. It's dangerous. I'm like, uh, I would have the best time in Winco on this shit. <laughs> really? Yeah, 100%. I can't smoke in grocery shop. It's so dangerous. I do it, and I'd it's dangerous. I want to everything, and then I would feel like like I would not know what to eat. I'll buy a lot of random <laughs> products. Like, I did it the other day. I bought pickled carrots. Why the fuck did I buy pickled? I mean, they're good, but, like, I... You're just ready for when you're high later and gonna, like, pull a chop challenge. You're like, this is my basket. I have pickled carrots, instant oatmeal, and top ramen. Go. Like, exactly. <laughs> oh, my and God. They'd, and they'd be like, I made um, a quick mole. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Wait, how does that shit work? What? Because, like, and it's even with, like, drag race and things like that. Like, they know the challenges before, right? I don't know anything, and I can only speculate for shows that I've never been on. But (laughs) (laughs) generally, it is a standard that they're, like, 
For drag races especially. Like, girl, they're not making that crazy-ass shit. They, like, get a list of, like, okay, this is, like, these are the categories. Almost, like, with any drag competition or, like, pageant, like, that's really what RuPaul's Drag Race is, is, like, a, like, televised, like, week-long, like, drag pageant is, like, Mm -hmm. kind of, like, what RuPaul, like, intended to set up with that. And so you know your categories ahead of time, most likely. Yeah. I think they, like, sometimes they do it halfway. Yeah. I mean, like, every season it looks more and more prepared. (laughs) Doesn't... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the standard of drag that they've pushed and, like, the level of polish that they expect to be on there is... It is the Olympics of drag. I... There is inherent issues within, like, the, like, community about, like, you know, the specific type of drag that's featured Uh, where it's, you know... There's also other platforms for drag competitions that are televised, like Dragula and Camp Wanakiki, that have historically been a little bit more inclusive mm-hmm. to different styles of drag rather than, you know, pat, like pageant glamour. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not going to try and write off like all Rue girls like that. All of the Rue girls are incredibly, incredibly talented and absolutely deserve to be there. There is just this aspect of, you know, a trope. Of Queen that gets on. Yeah. Okay. If you if you know what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, I can see the pattern. You know, like same with who they bring back, right, to the All Stars too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you think that, for example, because now you're like, hey, there's also Dragula and Camp Wanakiki, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know my name. Uh, I just think I might like saying it more. Um, but anyway, like shows like that. Do you feel like? They've been, like, good for the community in the sense of, like, more, like... Exposure? Exposure. Like... Or is it yeah, just only I mean, exposure? Or, exposure or, good ex- is, like, only talking or, about the good parts. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you feel, yeah. like, about that, I guess, maybe? I I believe the exposure has, majority of the time, been mostly beneficial. Like it's Positive. Like, representation matters, am I right? And yeah. it's literally crazy to think that, you know... 10 years ago, RuPaul started this, like, drag race and this, like, drag competition on Logo, which was, like, the, like, LGBT, like, TV channel. And mm-hmm. they're still around. I'm not saying... Yeah. Wrong <laughs> they're still here. Support Logo. Support Queer TV. Um, but has now moved to a Friday night on VH1 on, like, a major, like, cable network that, like, is in... Mm-hmm. And across like television, isn't it Emmy award winning too? Emmy award winning, mm-hmm. like it, it seems and international, international too. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's expanded. There's you know Drag Race UK. There's also um, a version of Drag Race in Thailand, mm-hmm. and so seeing drag and queer art being elevated is really really fabulous. I love seeing um, Pose. Pose was also mm-hmm. a fabulous Great show, show mm-hmm. um, that was. That, like, also featured so many different, like, queer POC, which was beautiful, and that representation matters. But getting the stories out of what it was like to be queer during, like, the, like, AIDS crisis. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, the whole ballroom scene, too, which is a whole other aspect of queer art that is also has a booming scene here in Portland. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Some artists and places, people like the House of Ada here in Portland. I, I like, them. I just absolutely... <coughs> 
love them and they're like an incredibly group of talented queer people who are also brilliant activists in our community too i see them constantly like speaking Mm -hmm. out raising awareness raising funds um and they're just fucking phenomenal so um follow the house of ada and um their founder daniel is like just so fucking brilliantly talented as a dancer and it's just hard not to like see that and respect it and then I just really enjoy that community. As my year this year has been caught up in a lot of like the the courts and pageantries mm-hmm. um, with being Miss Sweetheart, which is also like a completely different world of like queer culture too. But yeah, we'll have our thirty second annual Sweethearts Ball coming up uh, the next Miss, and my Mister will pass it off to uh, the next one in line for the 32nd Sweethearts. But you, yeah, or how do you feel about that? Are yeah. you, like, relieved of your duties, or are you, like... The beauty, the beauty of it is, is that, like, you know, I got this platform, and this is what I, like, did with it, and hopefully I've, like, created, you know, something and a little bit of, like, a pathway for somebody to, like, pick up and then, like, carry on and go okay. forward and put their own little stank on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I'm really, really super proud and excited this year because um, on top of crowning a Mr. and uh, a Miss and a Mr., we will be crowning the first Mix Sweetheart, that's MX Sweetheart, mm-hmm. um, which is a title specifically devoted to the trans and non-binary community oh. to have equal and fair representation. I love nice. it. Yeah. It's cool to, like, you don't really hear a lot of about trans issues, you know? I feel like um, it's kind of cool. I don't know. Well, now, now it's normalized because it's on, like, pose and, like, transparent and things like that. But still, I feel we're, like we don't really talk about it much, right? We're starting to, yeah. I'd say, the main, like overall like culture like yeah. straight culture mm-hmm. like heteronormative culture is starting to one we've finally just gotten like pretty fairly cool with like the gays and the lesbians let's yeah. just like be real like we're just it's, we're just you know kind of like getting to it, like a meh point right like where it's cool in most areas some places is still a little weird but like we're doing a little bit better you know even me sitting here it's like I can't tell you the first thing Mm-hmm. about like being trans yeah right but i have plenty of like friends and um connections and lovers who are and it's really really scary a lot of the aspects that people are up against there was um a bill that was trying to be put forward in idaho that was going to sentence doctors who gave hormone replacement therapy to anyone younger than 18 they were going to put them in jail in prison for life for performing like performing any sort of gender affirming things and the sad thing is is most children children yeah identify with the gender early on early on on. usually right around like five is when like kids really start to understand and see gender and so even if their parents were like no i want my child to yeah, have even, hormone replacement yeah, therapy because I, the 18 thing I would assume it's because you're talking about minors then so if their parent even said like no I, I give my child this mm-hmm. the doctor would be put in jail yeah or prison yeah. for life it's weird Just that they sounds use like 18 insanity. as the blanket age of every I feel like that's very fucked up you too know, because imagine it's to like, like 
like the other things you have to be of age for. You know, well, like, you're saying you have to be an adult to well, choose what yeah. gender you that, want. That's, that, that's your, it's that's like the legal adult age yeah. of 18. This is also just, and like, once again, we mentioned intersectionality and sometimes like issues wind up piling up too, where if you look at the suicide rate for queer youth, statistically more likely to try and commit suicide and trans or non-binary youth, an even higher percentage than them. This is from, like, 13 to, like, 23. So you're going to literally cause harm to this person who, like, at 13, I came out at 13. I knew, like, I knew I was gay as the day is long at 13. Okay? And it wasn't a fucking phase. I'm still here. Queer as fuck. What's up? So (laughs) you have to just trust people and trust people in their, like, identities. And, like, why are we putting... Once again, why are we letting the government tell anybody how the fuck they can live their life? Yeah. Live their life? Yeah. Whether or not it's, like, a woman having control over her own fucking body, why the fuck are we, like, letting that happen? If it's, like, gay people getting married because your religion doesn't like it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your yeah. religion yeah. shouldn't have fucking control over our government. We are built on a separation of yeah. church and state. And listen, as long as I'm not doing you any fucking harm, what's the fucking matter to you? Piss off. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just, I don't think that the government should have any say on our bodies. Like, and what we do with them, it's it's your body. It's your choice. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. I feel like everyone's nosy. I feel like everyone just wants to have a say in problems. There's a control. Yeah, it, well, it's a control thing for sure. I think it's definitely a control issue of, like, you can control, for example whether or not I want to have a child. The, like, whole superiority aspect of that is so problematic. Where, especially, like, when you're not, like, confronted or, like, ever have to, like, think about it, too, when it gets brought up, like... It's just... Yeah. even fucking affect them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's the thing, too, is, like, how does this choice hurt you, affect you, like, in any good, bad, negative, positive way. It doesn't. That's my thing. Like, this is my decision. It just doesn't make sense. Let people live. Yeah. Let people live. Live and let live. It all comes down to, like, that fucking golden rule. Treat others with kindness and respect. And listen, I really, like, try my hardest. Some people try me, try the fuck out of me. But I will generally treat people with kindness and respect until, like, there is a... Blatant mm. reason why yeah. you, yeah. Again, if you're not like go, like, like if if it doesn't like affect me and it's not harming you, your yeah. your choices aren't hurting other people. It shouldn't matter. Like if it does, I I hate saying if it doesn't affect me, it shouldn't matter because there's plenty of things that don't personally affect me that do matter because you see harm being done. Mm-hmm. But if you can see something and it's somebody feeling happier and more comfortable and sure, it could be out of your norm and what you think your your life may be, but fuck it. If it's not like, don't rain on their parade and don't fucking attack them. And especially don't murder trans people. Fuck. Sativa Gundam Jones. That's true. What? Follow me on Instagram, Sativa GD for goddamn Jones. Sativa GD Jones. It's time for the third joy. You know, I was thinking, it's because you, you did say, like, you're a, like, activist. Trin has now coined drag to this. 
which well, is so awesome. And I'm not the only one. I mean, drag it, like has always been a part of like political activism, like in the queer community. There were laws back in the day where it was ille- illegal to wear clothes of the opposite gender, and they would arrest you on site. A huge portion of the people who stood up and like fought back against this were trans women and drag queens at the time. And even then, uh, there's organizations like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They usually do like a lot of like clown white like makeup, and they dress up as nuns. <laughs> so that's amazing. Like drag nuns, <laughs> um, but they've been they're like at a staple. They're a staple of our community, and they're constantly working and like volunteering and giving back. Even. Uh, organizations like the Sweetheart and the Imperial Sovereign Rose Court, the like ISRC that's been there for sixty years, has, is a nonprofit where this is like a history and legacy of the different queens and like kings and queer people in our community holding up these legacies and giving back. So there's, I'm just like I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with myself, and I'm like worked very hard and um and like definitely honored to be like privileged to come here and talk about like my experience but there's so many different artists and queer activists out there who are really giving it their all too there's so many so like would you say you have one a cause that you support like or an organization or anything i love smirk uh, which is the Sexual and Gender Minorities Youth Resource Center here in Portland. They um, just had their 20-year anniversary um, last year. And they've been helping queer youth in our community ages, uh, I believe, 13 to 22 or 23. Um, I'm I'm a little bit high if I like, got that wrong. But... Um, <laughs> they provide a safe space and resources for, like, so many different queer youth um and that's so incredibly important i remember when i came out at like 13 there's not queer spaces for you at that age yeah there's nowhere to go and like by golly like sure the hell ain't that many other people who are out to be there with you so it's very isolating and kind of scary Smirk provides like a safe space for that what do you think of people who have their people but only care about their people. <laughs> well, that's bullshit, like clearly. But once again, but once again, this is this is also when it comes to like comes to dealing with this might be like a controversial like kind of statement, but I feel like where <clears throat> like the difference with like queer people versus like race, like usually like, you know, Unless in, like, cases of, like, adoption or, like, surrogate or whatever. Like, usually, like, you know, if you're, like, a racial minority, you have, like, family or, like, some connection there. Mm. Mm. I'm the only gay one in my family. (laughs) Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not like there were any other, like people to connect with like immediately around yeah no of course like understood what i was going through and i feel like that's just like a little bit of like a different lens that like 
queer people go through and like finding themselves and finding their people is that they're just not like for a lot of us they're just not inherently there and you have to like start reaching out and seeking out to find others like you because there yeah. isn't like any like physical depiction of like queerness that is such an individual thing as opposed to like well I was born Cuban, so my parents are Cuban, so I'm right, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, that's a m- much more individ- individual, like, experience and, like, of finding your people. Mm-hmm. Especially with, like, the progress that has been made for queer lives in recent years. Youth are coming out younger and younger, too, so we have, like, an obligation and duty to provide safe spaces for them to be. Uh. I think that that's really great, though, because it's true. You do you are seeing kids coming out younger, which is so wonderful that they can come it's also out. It's nice to have a physical place to like meet the real people. Yeah, yeah. Live your truths, y'all. Live your truths. Yeah, live your truth. One final note that I wanted to put out there, yeah. off, piggybacking off of what you said about finding your people and finding your humans. Just a reminder to everybody out there. We have family, and we also have relatives. Sometimes our relatives are our family, and sometimes our family are not always our relatives. But you get to pick your family, and you get to choose, like, the people who are going to be there and love you and support you. And make sure when you find those good ones, you give them your all, and you support them, okay? Fuck yeah, amen. I 100% agree with that statement. That was wonderful. Guys, what do you think of this fucking weed? Because it's our final review. And we're on our third joint. We're finishing yes. it. Third joint. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm feeling clearly fantastic. Chatty as a, like, chatty as a box. We've yeah. also smoked, like, three of these. <laughs> but they're so good. It's, it is, like, a fun one. Like, the weird thing yeah. is, it's, like, I am high and I have moments of, like, severe, like, lucidity. <laughs> <laughs> But then I have other ones where I'm, like, just, I'm space gone, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, so it's it's kind of wavy like that. But it's great at the same time, and I still got energy. This is the amazing part is I've got a fuck ton of energy. It's just a little ADHD-ish, which sounds typical of being high. I know, but. No, does it? ADHD. Well, it depends on the weed. Cause oh, like, ADHD. Sorry. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I meant that. Like, I'm just my... like. But there's different strains where I don't feel ADD. I feel, like, totally focused. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I just feel my thoughts, like, I'm telling Yeah, you, definitely. You know? I'm bouncing off. Like, even while I'm talking about something, change topic. <laughs> yeah. It's like talking to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a good one for going to therapy, I'd say. Or if you don't go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we talked it out. We talked out some shit, girl. Yeah. I feel, well, I actually feel like I learned quite a bit, too. I love these kinds of things. Yeah. Thank you for enlightening us. Yeah, seriously. Thank you for enlightening us. Well, thank you for having me and letting me, like, talk. Once again, too, like, I just want to say that I'm not the voice of all queer people. Definitely seek out more voices and opinions that aren't like yours and learn about each other. Everybody has a different story in play and we can just spend a little bit more time and make everyone's lives a little bit better by 
understanding and caring. If Americans cared about their neighbor half as much as they cared about their fucking money, we would be a lot better as a country. That's super true. Yeah. We want to thank Sativa goddamn Jones for joining us. Sativa GD Jones on Instagram. (laughs) Yes. I know it now. (laughs) Thank y'all. That was awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, for enlightening us and teaching us a, a lot. Aww. It was really nice having you here, so we appreciate you. Um, we also want to thank everyone out there, whoever was listening, um, on our journey today for Higher Tolerance. We hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new as well. And just always remember to be righteous towards others because you never know what kind of shit someone had to tolerate today. So thanks again. Amen, girl. I'll talk to that. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, bye everybody. Do I have to say bye? Um, okay, yes, the credits, that's right. (laughs) This episode was edited by Sarah Minacho. Theme music and mix by Overcoast. Yeah!